You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lamps Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Radke, and I'm here with not Julian Andrews. Julian has the night off. We appreciate it. He's editing, so I guess he doesn't really have the night off. Um, and people tell me that I don't let him talk enough anyways. So, um, you know, how much work does he actually do when he's on the podcast? Nobody knows. Um, we are joined by the Thatcher Effect, the two co-hosts from the Utah Jazz Podcast from the Basketball Podcast Network on this show. Um, they're going to talk about the Utah Jazz, their rise this season, Donovan Mitchell, the Mitchell Gobert um, thing, um, the outside perspective on the Timberwolves. Um, apologies for any audio issues that we had. Um, bear with us. Um, but, I mean, quick, uh, there was a report that came in from Woj today saying um, that uh, Mayor Orbach, who is the Minnesota Timberwolves minority owner, has... Um, let me let me find the tweet. I don't want to uh, miss. I don't want to get sued. I don't know if I can. Can I get sued? Can I? I don't know how that works. Um, um, he filed a complaint in U.S. District Court in Minneapolis, alleging that owner Glenn Taylor's pending sale to uh, Mark Laurie and Al Rodriguez in violations of the franchise partnership. Basically, what he says is that um, you know the the deal was supposed to let minority owners um, sell off their interest in the team before Taylor sells his own, um, which uh, apparently Glenn Taylor didn't do. Um, he also said that there is a, um, a no provision in the sale with Rodriguez and Lori that required new ownership to keep the, the team in Minnesota, which I don't know if that's necessarily like new news. I think we like everybody assumed that if, you know, if they wanted to move the team, they could find a loophole through that. So uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's a minority owner feeling upset that he wasn't able, like part of a bigger deal, or if, if uh, Glenn Taylor um, legally did something wrong, I, I have no idea. So um, just keep an eye on that. Uh, I just wanted to touch on that. I don't know enough about the legalities there. So um, anyways, um, we want to thank our friends at DraftKings um, as always. Uh, it's playoff time. There's big stakes, bigger promotions, um, basketball playoffs, get your lineups in. It's so much fun. Um, every, every single night has just been a blast to watch the Mavericks are up 2 zero. Um, that's my team. So, uh, good, good job by them. Download the top rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up and get a free shot at $20,000 in prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. And now, without further ado, 
we have two very special guests today. Um, the Timberwolves are not in the playoffs. Um, but you, you guys know that already. Um, the Utah Jazz, though, they are. Um, and that's why we have Nate Thatcher and Richie Osler from the Thatcher Effect, um, the Utah Jazz podcast here on the Basketball Podcast Network. Um, guys, how's it going? Good. It's going, going good. Um, Utah is down 0-1 right now against Memphis. Um, they play tonight, so by the time people listen to this, um, Utah will either have tied the series one to one, which is probably the most likely scenario, um, or, or they'll be down out of two. But, um, if, if Utah wins tonight, you know, obviously Donovan Mitchell's coming back, but what's the reason why, um, and is it as simple as they're just the better team? Do you want to take um, this thatch? Okay. Yeah. Um, like I feel, we talked about this. We just dropped our, our new episode, uh, this morning, um, I, I personally feel like last game was really, really an outlier. It was an anomaly. Um, obviously, like the whole story with Donovan Mitchell came out. Um, it went all over the news. Um, but the biggest thing that kind of stood out to both of us um, was obviously the offensive struggles that we had in last game against Memphis. Um, Richie talked earlier about Donovan being a really true facilitator of the game. And you could definitely see a difference when he's on the floor versus when he's not on the floor. And so there's definitely a big difference um, that we saw in the first game uh, against Memphis. And obviously they came with physicality. Uh, they've worked really hard to get there. They've been playing great basketball to actually get into the playoffs. And I felt like um, without our star player being there, it just kind of felt stagnant. Um, I, I, on paper, and I think everyone else believes this, on, on paper the, the Jazz are better um, than Memphis. But again, like any given day, whoever wants it more is going to get it. And obviously, in the case of Sunday's game, Memphis wanted it more and they got it. Yeah, Memphis is a, a weird team because, like, if you're not ready, they're just going to kind of like knock you on your ass. And um, like, it's like if you like think of it, if you like go drinking on a Sunday and you have to work on Monday, like <laughs> that's <laughs> that's Memphis. Memphis is Monday. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, Utah's such a weird team to me because it. I mean, and you guys probably feel this more than anybody, but it just seems like you're the number one seed in the West. You've been consistently the best team pretty much all season. Um, even when Mitchell was out, I think you guys still had a winning record in, in those games he was out. Um, but it just seems like when people are making their NBA predictions for, for to win the finals or to even make it, like I don't think I've heard Utah's name once. And I don't remember the last team that's happened, that time that's happened with, with a number one seed, especially in the bloodbath of the Western Conference. Um, you know, for, for, for you two, is it like, is it championship or bust? How do you define a successful season with this group, considering how much success you had in the regular season? Um, I think, I think you have to look at what happened before this season to kind of understand the expectations for this season. Um, before the season, people called the, the relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert unsalvageable. Um, they said the Jazz were going to blow everything up after they blew the 3-1 lead against Denver in the playoffs last year. Um, and there were a lot of thoughts that the Jazz wouldn't even be a playoff team, that they'd be a play-in team this year. Um, and there were some Yahoo writers specifically that said that. And the Jazz finished as a one seed. But honestly, like that doesn't matter unless they do something in the playoffs, right? Um, like, yeah, sure, having the one seed is great um, because of what it can do for you in the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it's not championship or bust, but if they don't go to the Western Conference Finals at the very least, then there's going to be a feeling of disappointment around the Jazz team. Um, 
I think the expectation is that, yeah, you're probably going to play a better team in the Western Conference Finals, but you should be winning up until the Western Conference Finals, um, especially with how the, the playoffs kind of lined up and with all the seedings. Um, I think big threats to the Jazz are the Lakers and the Suns. Um, I think the Nuggets would be if they didn't have the Jamal Murray injury. Um, but I feel like as Jazz fans, we view those two teams more than anybody as our two biggest threats um, to getting out of the Western Conference. So making the Western Conference finals um, would be a successful season for the Jazz. Yeah, I feel you there. Um, it, the, 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 I'm glad you brought up the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert thing, because obviously like over the last, I think, two months we've been looking back and being like, Oh my gosh, it's been a year since everything started. And the, then the Rudy Gobert thing was like the, the thing that kind of set everything in motion. Like I remember where we were, we were just watching the game and um, you know, waiting for it to start. And then I think we're midway through another game and that game got like canceled midway through or, you know, whatever it was. And then um, everybody knows the story and there's, I think there's a documentary on it now, but like just the, the, what happened there and, and with Donovan Mitchell getting COVID and Rudy Gobert, obviously not being super, not taking it super serious right away. And um, like, I guess from being inside and, and kind of following the team, can you talk about that relationship and how it like, was it overblown from the very beginning of like the disconnect between those two? Has there always been a disconnect and um, like, why are we at the point now where maybe it doesn't really matter? Yeah, um, I think something that the Jazz have really tried to, to find within their team over the past few years has been team chemistry. I think that's been something that's been super strong. I mean, you look back to when we the Jazz brought in Ricky Rubio, and that was something they, they really pride themselves on was having that team chemistry between the players. And obviously it, it worked. You could see that in their playoff run um, back in 2018. Um, but obviously, like, that's only going to get you so far. Um, it obviously obviously comes down to talent, but still team chemistry is a really good part. Donovan was like an immediate boost from his rookie year to this organization, especially after losing Gordon Hayward. It like for most of us fans, we felt like we were probably going to be one of those tank teams, but he brought hope back to the organization literally just the next season. So looking at both of them play together, they work really well. And I think especially this last year is Donovan's work to really lead this team, be the point guard, um, his connection with Rudy Gobert has actually really improved. Um, I think just like the story that happened this past Sunday, obviously it gets like these stories, I guess, get way overblown. I think if Donovan doesn't post about, you know, not being sent in of game one against Memphis, I don't think it's going to be blown up as much if they just keep it inside the organization. Um, so I think Donovan kind of acted in, in that way that made it kind of blow up a little bit. And Rudy kind of has that attitude as well. Um, and so I think it was a little bit overblown and I think there was some time they needed to recover, but something that was awesome was Mike Conley when they brought him in, he's like an automatic vet. Like he knows how to act in the NBA and um, guys like Joe Ingles as well. They basically told the two like, Hey, like we're going to be going back because they were forming the bubble. Um, and they said, we need to get back together. Like we need to, you know, strengthen our relationships and they helped the two kind of come back together um, and obviously we saw it, it, it worked just fine when they played in the bowl. And obviously this last season or the season right now, it's, it's working out really well. Um, so as of right now, I think all relationships are like really good, but I think that's a big thing with the NBA is the most media outlets, when they find like a small story, it will be overblown to a, a point of exaggeration because that's their job. Right. So 
obviously we don't know the exact specifications of what exactly happened, but you know, like you said, it's something that happened. It's over with and we're just moving forward. Yeah. If there's anything I learned, I worked for the, the Timberwolves and Lynx for seven years. And if there's anything I learned from being inside the organization, it's that like no story is actually as big as um, anybody makes it. Like, you know, I joke with some of the media members. I'm like, I understand that you guys have a job to do, but like some of these stories, it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, that, I mean, <laughs> the, the Gobert and Mitchell one's actually pretty interesting just given like the, the pandemic. And like, I don't think anybody really knew um, like how to feel e either way. Um, but like with Donovan Mitchell, I mean, you're talking about like, you know, basically you always say in the, in the NBA, it always reminds me of the Hawks in the, um, in like the early two thousands, right. Where like they were always good, but they were never good enough. Um, and they weren't able to like land one of those top draft picks. And, um, you're just in the cycle of kind of being mediocre forever. Um, but with like, cause you're, you're not able to get that top pick where the wolves have had so many top picks and they still suck, but like Donovan Mitchell and guys like Mitchell and Devin Booker. And, um, I mean, there's probably others, like those are the outliers of these guys that are picking picked late in the lottery or in like the mid first round and they turn into stars. Um, but even from this year to last year, like what has changed about Mitchell's game? Because he went from being like, Oh yeah, he's a fun player to like, Oh, he can be the best player on a championship team. Um, let's not sleep on him. Like, w w how did his game improve? Two things come to my mind of how his game improved. Um, I think the first thing came when in the bubble last year. Um, obviously, there were some abnormal shooting numbers, um, just some numbers that were crazy. You know, Tyler Hero was playing great, and Tyler Hero is playing like trash now. Um, and Donovan Mitchell had two 50-point games in the first round of the playoffs, um, which was incredible. Um, so I feel like he really learned that he is the offense of the jazz. Um, especially because last year, um, the first game we were missing Mike Conley, we were missing Bojan Bogdanovich, two guys that are really important to our offense. So Donovan kind of figured out, like, I got to be the guy. And I think that really stuck with him. Um, so that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is he's really improved as a playmaker, especially this year. Um, last year as I think there were high expectations last year for the Jazz to be pretty good, um, especially once they signed Mike Conley and brought in Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, but Mike Conley wasn't an instant fit. He didn't um, know the system. And they had Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley both as the playmakers. Um, this year, they've kind of changed that. They've had Donovan Mitchell be the main ball handler, and they've had Mike Conley kind of lead the second unit um, as far as the ball handler goes. Um, and they've had Mike Conley kind of be just an extra guy to, to help if Donovan Mitchell is getting double teamed or something like that. Um, so I feel like Donovan Mitchell and just kind of the system has changed. Um, and I feel like guys have just kind of bought more into the system. Uh, I think Donovan's kind of had his improvements year to year. Um, I think he's becoming a more efficient shooter and a more efficient player. He's not necessarily efficient yet um, because he's still – you know, like he'll put up like 30 points on like 25 shots sometimes. Um, and you, you don't love to see that, but that's just kind of the way they play. I, I feel like that's kind of like how the Lakers with Kobe were. Um, but I just feel like the system has really changed and Donovan Mitchell has been able to be getting the most out of the system. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm I, like, I mean, the, the Jazz, like the classic team of um, similar to the Nuggets, the Jazz and the Nuggets are a lot of like, um, obviously Jokic has gone to like that MVP level, 
but they, both teams are built in the sense they have like their eight to 10 guys deep. Um, they have their two best players. And then after that, they just have like four or five really good players. Um, you know, on the Timberwolves, we just have 15, not so good players. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I always ask this when, when I get guests from other teams or other areas, just because I, I find it interesting. So I think it's easy to get in like your own world of like whatever team you follow. Um, from the outside perspective, give me your Minnesota Timberwolves takes. Yeah. Uh, I think as Jasper, as jazz fans, we got an interesting perspective this past year. Um, we, we struggled against the Timberwolves yeah. in, in all three games. Um, and it was speaking as a jazz fan, it was hard because right this season, we we've been so used to being at the top of the top of the West and as a regular NBA fan, you look at the Timberwolves team and you think, well, you know, this is just going to be a, in a, like an automatic win. But in the case of the Jazz, like the Timberwolves stepped up. And I think more than anything, Anthony Edwards did his job against us. Um, the guy was an absolute stud and he looked like he was the future of this organization when he came up against us. He had a really good stretch, I believe. And you know this probably more than we do, but he, he, he was putting up numbers that looked like a, a true NBA starter and leader of a team. I think also bringing Carl Anthony Towns back as a true center, having him this year, there were the games when they played the jazz, they just looked like a true team. And I think that's what kind of has looked what's helped the jazz this year. And what we kind of pride ourselves on as well is, is really understanding your roles and just playing with it, just going with it. And I think the Timberwolves did the same thing and the jazz just really struggled. And I think as well, it was, the, it's kind of the same thing we're seeing with Memphis right now being down one. it was the physicality. I think at times this year, the Jazz have just not been been too casual in games. And I think the Timberwolves are a scrappy team. They're always going to fight, especially this year. I, I just saw a lot of fight in all three games against the Jazz. And, of course, they won all three of those. So that's that's my small take um, from what I've seen from the Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, you know, towards the end of the year, especially, the team looked a lot better in, in like, Edwards. Um, you know, well, I, I think Ball will win the Rookie of the Year, and I think Ball's probably better, but I think – you know, Edwards certainly made the case, uh, late in the season. Um, we're like 45 minutes away from tip off. I think for you guys, maybe, or maybe we're an hour, hour and 45 minutes. I don't know how time works. Um, well, regardless, I'll let you guys go. I appreciate it. Um, but for people wanting to, to listen, um, I don't know if there's too too many bandwagon, uh, get off the wolves bandwagon onto the jazz bandwagon, but if there are any, um, where can they listen to your podcast? Yeah. So we're on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Um, and obviously if you guys are, if anyone has both of those platforms, they can listen to us. Um, we'll be dropping new episodes weekly, um, usually on, on Wednesdays. So yeah, if they want to tune in, they're more than welcome to, we usually talk about, um, general NBA news as well. So it's kind of like you get our take on what's going on generally in the NBA, as well as obviously we talk about uh, the Utah Jazz as well. So sweet. Uh, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Uh, good luck tonight. Hopefully, um, yeah, ho hopefully it's a one-one after tonight. <laughs> Otherwise, um, you know, I I feel for you. It might be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're open for a win. Yeah. All right. Later, guys. Thanks, Kyle. See ya.